my heart I will enter His courts with praise And I will say this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice for He has made me glad And He has made me glad, yes He has made me glad something in my heart. I think F. It has F here. So something in my heart like a stream running down. It makes me feel so happy and happy as can be. And when I think of Jesus and what he's done for me, there is something void and cold in my soul. Yes, there's something Something more than gold. Oh, 
deliverance and peace. Mighty God is He. He's saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. And wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. For now and wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is He. He's saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. And wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Sings for joy and gladness. Jesus saves and satisfies, banishes my sadness. Guilt is gone, peace of mind, peace like to a river. Jesus is wonderful and mighty to deliver. Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me. He's counselor, prince of peace, mighty God is he. Saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. And once was lost, now I'm found, free from condemnation. Jesus gives liberty and a full salvation. Now the sins of the past have been all forgiven. And my name is inscribed on the book of heaven. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's counselor, prince of peace, mighty God is he. Saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my redeemer, praise his name. And living here with my Lord in a holy union day by day all the way I'm holding sweet communion oh a change grace has wrought in my lowly station since my soul has received full and free salvation wonderful wonderful Jesus is to me he's counselor prince of peace mighty God is he Saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. And wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Oh, now wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is He. He's saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. And wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Amen. Let's switch it to the key of G. We'll go ahead and uh, switch the order of our service up here. Again, we just want to welcome you all this evening. And uh, to those who uh, were not able to be here but are streaming, we just want to welcome you as well. Um, I just want to sing this song, I Worship You, Almighty God. This evening, before we take our prayer requests, we, as you can see, have many who are out, uh, whether they're traveling or sick, and so we just want to bring some of these needs before the Lord. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. 
just continue to play that softly, Brother Matt. I'll have you remain standing because I just have a couple prayer requests here. Um, but I just uh, have a prayer request here from Sister Connie uh, saying to please pray for her brother, uh, Vic Hefner, uh, who is currently at the VA hospital in Asheville. He is awaiting open heart surgery. So we just want to remember him. Um, just want to uh, remember the Harwells. I know uh, Brother John is still sick and is having some issues so we just want to pray for him and also uh, my parents who are not able to be here dad's having to work so just uh, pray for him and uh, that the lord will give him safe traveling mercies as well um, just remember our pastor and uh, his wife they're away just getting some time alone together so uh, just taking a break so uh, just uh, remember them this time and um, that is all the prayer requests I have I have an announcement from them here I'll read here in just a little bit so um, we'll get to that here shortly um, but that's again like I said all I have I know we have um, many unspoken prayer requests so just by the lifting of your hand the Lord knows that need and uh, if I could have brother Andy come up at this time and pray over these prayer requests Jesus, we thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. Lord, the scripture comes to my mind that all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you tonight, Father, for taking our sins, for our mistakes, for our failures for our weaknesses. Lord, when we were unlovable, you still loved us. And Father, there's no amount of words we can say for that love that you expressed toward us, Lord Jesus. So this evening, we just gather together to worship you, Father, to lift up our voices and to praise you and just tell you how great you are, how much we love you. Lord, you heard those requests those that are sick, those that are afflicted, those that need traveling mercies. Lord, those that just maybe need a touch in their emotional realm, in their mind, Father. Lord, you know all things, Lord Jesus. I pray that the great physician would just come by here this evening, even by those who are listening by way of the internet, even wherever your bride is gathered tonight, Father. May you be in the midst of her, Lord Jesus. Father, may you take a hold of that man tonight that stands behind this sacred desk. Move aside his nervousness. Move aside his notes. Move aside his own mind, Lord. And may you come tonight and may you give each and every one of us what we have need of, Lord Jesus. Just a little portion to hear from you would be more than enough, Lord. And we ask it all. In that precious and most holy name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Like I said, I have a couple announcements here we'll go over really fast. Um, just a quick reminder for the Financial Peace University. Uh, just remember um, to sign up for that on the church website. Uh, do that before July 16th. Um, 
that is when registration ends. And if you have any questions, uh, please see Brother Josh. And I can tell you from experience, I took it several years ago. And some content, I'm sure, has changed. Um, but it was a great blessing whenever I took it. And I learned a lot from it and still try to apply some stuff from it. So uh, don't uh, forget about that. Just uh, be sure to register. And um, just a quick note here from our pastor. Um, and you can go ahead and put that up on the screen there. Um, just a quick note from them. It says, um, we were caught up in the delays out of New York and all the East Coast, especially flights to Canada. Our flight options were all canceled and were unable to travel to Newfoundland. We are rescheduled to fly back to Charlotte in a few days. But we were able to have a lovely visit with the Javeds and spend time in their home. And uh, so that's them there. They were able to see the Javeds after uh, a long time. It's been a while since uh, they've been able to see them. But uh, they said, uh, just pray for us. And they just say, God bless Brother Barry and Sister Becky. So uh, it's good to see them, though, that they are, even though they weren't able to make it to their destination, they are still having a good trip and um, uh, able to get away just a little bit. So you can go ahead and take that down now. But that's just a note from them. And uh, so, but uh, let's sing uh, that song, Jehovah Jireh. We're just going to sing a couple songs uh, before the minister comes this evening. So, Jehovah Jireh, my
if I could have the ushers come forward at this time, just continue to play that softly, Brother Matt. just given to me um, that we just want to remember uh, brother Johnny Reynolds um, who has had to go to the ER today and is being transferred to uh, Wake Forest uh, for additional um, heart issues I believe that says a heart catheter so uh, we just want to remember him and that the Lord would just move on his behalf and be with the surgeons as well um, when dealing with that so um, let's put it in the key of F And let's just sing all is well before uh, the minister comes this evening, and we'll invite him to come. So all is well. this evening and um, you can be seated if you'd like I'll just take a moment to greet you and uh, find where my wife is I think she's got a song prepared and I appreciate Brother Barry for opening the pulpit to us this evening I was telling the brother who uh, welcomed me and led me back I said I always get excited when I uh, hear from Brother Barry to come by this way and uh, it's you know many of you are we've known for quite some time and life's journey, and um, so we always—it's always a highlight to come by and visit with you all, and and uh, see some of the folks from the church over to this evening visiting, and 
uh, Brother Sam, Sister Nadia. We just, uh, so many of you we know and have uh, journeyed with down along our Christian journey. And of course, Brother David Cockman and I grew up together and I used to run around in the woods and hoot and holler like cowboys and Indians. And, you know, we, uh, as a great family reunion, we're all getting ready to go back to because I always like to say this, we were together before, and one day we're going to be together again, never to have to part again. And you can go halfway around the world or most of the way around the world and meet believers, Christians, and feel like family. And that's because you are family. And so we're thankful to be with you this evening. If my wife would just like to come at this time, we'll worship the Lord together And um, before we go into the word. a challenge 
wonderful things about being a Christian is there's not just the first feeling or the first experience, the first feeling of the Holy Spirit, but there's many refillings, many times the Lord brings you back. And uh, it, it's often better the next time because having, you know, fallen away from that or lost that, you appreciate it more when it comes back. Amen. So I tell you, there's I, I haven't tried everything in the world, but I know there's nothing better than being a Christian. Amen. No better life. So I invite you to, to stand tonight and turn with me to a few places in the scripture. And uh, trust the Lord will give us when you, when something's inspired to you for a message, you always pray you can deliver it the way it came to you. So, um, just desiring that tonight, and we'll read from a couple of places in the scripture. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 would be one of those, and I believe it was Deuteronomy chapter 29 was the other. Yes. Hebrews 11, verse 5. And I always like to go to the Lord in prayer just before we read his word. And we just invite you tonight, if you have a need in your life or something on your heart, you're desiring from them, 
from him. Hold that before him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening knowing that you promised where two or three would gather, that you would be in the midst. And so these have come, Lord, tonight, and I know there are others joining in, Lord, and watching the service. And Father, it's, it's a sacred time any time we come before your throne of mercy and grace. But Lord, we come tonight to, uh, to cry out to you and for you to hear the desire and the cry of our hearts through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we just ask, Lord, for every uplifted hand, for every heavy heart, Lord, for everyone desiring to hear from you or to be ministered to this evening, Lord, uh, that you would come on the scene, Lord, and speak to their need, their life, their situation, Lord, and that you would bring, Lord, your life to them, Lord, through the ministering of the word. Father, may it just draw us, Lord, right into your very presence, Lord, for you to just begin to minister and soothe our our lives, our needs, Lord, our uh, everything, Lord, it seems like going through the world and our Christian journey, Lord, sometimes it, we, we just need a, a time, Lord, in your presence to be refilled and recharged and refocused, Lord, and Lord, I, I think of your servant, Brother Barry and Sister Rebecca, Lord, how they're taking a little time, Lord, away from the normal responsibilities, Lord, and just pray that you will really give them a, a great time of refreshing, Lord, and so much is done for your kingdom, Father, and we pray that you'll revive them, Lord, and that when they return, Lord, they'll just be uh, ready to hit the ground running, Lord, and continue on in the work of the Lord, and may those that have been sent here to be a part of this assembly, Lord, may, that, may our efforts, Father God, for your kingdom be blended together, Lord, in a wonderful unity, Lord, that would bring, bring glory to you, and Lord, and, and make you smile, Lord, as as you look upon your children, and Father, bless now the reading of your word and the further, further portion of the service, Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm just a mute vessel, Lord, unless you would speak. And I yield myself to you now, and we just ask you, Father, to be glorified in all that is said and done. For we ask it in your mighty name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 These are familiar verses of Scripture, but... In Hebrews 11, verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And also in Deuteronomy 29, in verse 29, it says, The secret things... Belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Amen. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word, and you can be seated tonight. I want to take for a title, Translation, the True Interpretation of of the mystery. Amen. Translation, the true interpretation of the mystery. Now, you probably have experienced uh, being in a service where someone was ministering or speaking and they were speaking in their native language. And so someone would have to be standing up here next to them to take what they were saying 
hear it and then repeat it in your native language. And that's called an interpreter or a translator. And uh, otherwise, whatever would be thought or spoken by the speaker would fall on your ears as something uh, incomprehensible or something you couldn't understand what was being expressed. And so, you know, um, I believe that God is so wonderful. He's so great. Uh, he's so far beyond what our human minds can comprehend or understand. Amen. It takes for God to condescend or to humble himself or break himself down to something that we can comprehend or understand. And I would say this too. I believe God wants to be understood. God wants to be known. God wants to have a relationship with his people. Amen. And so we realize that one of the, the great agencies or one of the methods God uses to make his word or his thoughts or his mind revealed is ministry and specifically the ministry of a prophet. That is an office. It is a gift of God or it, it is um, it, it is an agency that God uses to be an intermediary, if you will, between God and humanity. Amen. He will, he will take a prophet that he has ordained to be uh, his vessel, and he will bring that prophet into a place where he can see the mind of God, the plan of God, the will of God for a specific people. And then that prophet will go back and minister the very word of God with varying results, if you will, because often and in every case, his message will be rejected by some. It will be misunderstood or questioned or only partly, you know, appreciated by others. But then there is another group of people, amen, that will hear something in that message that has a, a, a great compelling effect or such a, a powerful effect on their lives that it actually brings them into the very manifestation of that word. Amen. And so this, you know, God is, is unchanging. Uh, he, 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 that's one of the things I love about the Lord. Uh, if he ever does one thing one way, he never has to change that way because he's perfect. All his ways are perfect. And so when God establishes a pattern, he never deviates from it. He never changes it. Now, man is very different than that. Man is always improving. Man is always realizing his, his original idea wasn't as good as the one that, you know, that comes after it. And he's making revisions and changes. And he's always, you know, hopefully on the upward, uh, uh, upward rise, but not always, you know. So, uh, but God is not that way. What, what God starts is right from the very start. And so um, the, the, I'm just going to go through this. And this is probably going to be scattered. Sometimes I feel like I'm not giving you a, a cake. Uh, you're watching me mix ingredients and things are getting thrown in and hopefully later on it, it bakes fully and, and, and you can even put a candle on the top and some icing or some or Brother Barry can come back and make more sense of it. But, you know, the, 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 the transfer of thoughts through words, which brings about a shared mindset, is one of the deepest forms of intimacy. You know, when, you're, when, you meet a, 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 when you meet a companion, your husband or your wife, you know, there are things about each other that draw you to each other 
that go beyond, you know, what you see or, or what you hear or the clothes you wear or, you know, all, all these things that, that form uh, similarities or in some cases they're opposites where uh, you, you complete each other. But, you know, through your, your marriage and through your relationship, eventually you, you reach a place where you know what each other are thinking. You don't even have to say it necessarily. You know what's going through your, your, your wife's mind or she knows what's going through your mind. And th- this, this just happened to my wife and I the other day. We're, we've been married for 22 years now. Uh, and and, and uh, I said, I love it when you know exactly what I'm thinking. Without anything being said, she, because what she's, she knows how to predict what's about to happen, or she knows what is needed, and and vice versa. Now, that's really a union. That's a real relationship. And I believe, you know, if that can be so in the natural, how much more so in the spiritual? When, and and, and we'll, we'll maybe refer to it a little later, but that is one of the, the, the deepest forms of intimacy because it's irreplaceable and there's nobody else that can share that or experience that or feel that or, or, or understand what that is. Amen. And so, I, again, I believe that's what's taking place with the Word of God to the people of God or the bride of Christ Amen. We have had the written letter of the word for some 6,000 years now, but God continues to take this same word, amen, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you, you all know this, if you serve God for any time, you can look at a scripture today that was so meaningful and helpful to you 10 years ago, and today, that scripture you look at again and the Holy Spirit just comes over it and, and, and extracts even more things that are just as relevant, if not more so today, than they were 10 years ago. And so it's just God revealing himself and drawing you into an even more perfect union with himself. Amen. And so when, when, when these two people are on the, the same wavelength, as they call it, they know what each other are thinking even when the thoughts are unspoken and their actions express a perfectly harmonized unity. Now, if you know anything about music, you know that harmony isn't necessarily every instrument or singer playing or singing the same note. But it's different notes being played even by different instruments or different vocalists but they work together to bring a perfect harmony. And they all are saying the same thing, amen. There's no dissonance or there's no, um, you know, there's nothing wrong about it, amen. Even though, like I said, they're not all singing or playing the same exact notes, that that would sound monotonous. But when they complement each other, it produces a harmony. Amen. And so God is bringing about a harmony. Amen. By giving us all unique responsibilities and gifts and calling and charges within the kingdom of God. And the greater we yield ourselves to the mindset of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then we're all working together as a great body in unison, accomplishing something for the Lord. Amen. Now, this is a negative here. But Satan, the, the whole reason we are in a fallen condition as a world today is that Satan interjected himself as a translator of the word. And he used the word to do it. Yea, hath God said. 
He took the word, but he twisted the context of it. And what he did, it was very cunning what he did. He came to Eve to, uh, to quote the word to her and create in her mind uh, um, uh, an interest or, you know, to perplex her. Eve, why has God forbidden you from this? And if you will hear this, if you will, if you will listen to this, you'll be as God's. In other words, if you'll buy into what I'm about to tell you, it will make you as a God. Overlooking the fact that she already was God in a feminine expression. She was Adam who was made in the image of God. She in a feminist body. Amen. But there were things within Eve potentials that had not yet been realized or revealed and Satan was able, amen, to, uh, uh, to leverage that. He was able to pollute that, amen, by leading her to a premature revelation of what God had formed her to be. Amen. And he's very powerful. So what he was doing was he was redefining the very word of God to minimize the importance of simply obeying it, whether she understood it or not. The important thing was to have enough faith in God to simply obey it until God would make the further part of it known to her in a way that would have never caused sin or corruption. Amen. So he interjected himself as a translator. And of course, the result of that was Cain, born as an interpretation of his message. And I, and I want to say this tonight, and I, I realize I'm in a, another man's pulpit who's a pastor, and I want you to know I respect that. And I believe Brother Barry will agree with this. Every doctrine produces a life or a lifestyle. The truth produces the truth. The truth produces changed lives, spirit-filled lives, lives that God can place his stamp of approval on, and they become the extension of God's life in the earth. But false doctrine, and if you've lived long enough to see it, amen, it doesn't matter how good it sounds or how much of truth it consists of, even 99.9%, but every camp, every doctrine, every sect, amen, of even people who call themselves believers in the message, when they go into a unique uh, view of the word of God that forms them into a particular sect or cult within the so-called ranks of the message, there is always something about that following that is unique to the others. Doesn't matter what it is, it will always produce that. It will produce a life or a lifestyle. Every camp or ideology will produce uniquely characterized behaviors. And I could name some of them, but I, I, would, I would really be calling names. But you see it because you cannot take something that is a deviation from the context of God's word and not eventually arrive at a different conclusion. Every man, and it's, it usually is men, that's ever risen up that says, I've got a special revelation of this. Eventually has a special following and special exemptions to the standards of God's word are always taken or granted. And people's lives are eventually ruined as a result of that. 
because they've allowed the same interpreter that interpreted it to Eve to interpret it to them. Everybody's following something or somebody. And it's one of two things. Amen. So the positive is this. The word of God is a seed that at an appointed time and place springs to life and manifests itself as a living word. The voice of God is his thoughts expressed as power. You know, sound is a form of energy. Words are sound. Amen. It's, it's the thoughts of a person expressed in words that reach your ears and come through those uh, nerves to your brain and you understand, well, that has a power too. Amen. And so God's word is creative and it is omnipotent. It will eventually come to pass. Regardless of who believes or disbelieves it, it is God's word. The world we live in, the oxygen we breathe, everything about it, amen, is a result of the word of God expressed in a spoken form, amen, and which brings life. It brings a manifestation. So, as I mentioned a little earlier, the office or ministry of a prophet operates as a translator, if you will, to sound out the interpretation or the expression of God's thoughts to a specific people and at a particular time or a foreordained season. And so the interpretation of that word becomes understood through the lives of those who are chosen to hear the voice of the Spirit or the life of God channeling through that gift or that mouthpiece. You remember in Revelations, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. How did the Spirit speak through the lips of a messenger? But how did the Spirit hear <laughs> through the ears of those who were predestinated to be attracted to the message that was coming through God's foreordained vessel, amen, which would subsequently produce that life within them. Luther didn't just preach the doctrine of justification. That truth became living within people whose lives became justified. Sanctification wasn't only an idea. It was a power of God's word released through a ministry. And somebody said, you know what? The just shall live by faith. And then the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit, amen, came upon their lives to clean them up from smoking and drinking and all the things that had been permissions granted to them by a lack of revelation. But God was rebuilding a church, amen, by his word through a messenger to a people who were foreordained to hear it. Amen. Got a few other examples of that. And the examples are where I, I get some enjoyment because everybody can say amen to things like in Moses' day, it produced an exodus. It fulfilled a promise that God had given to Abraham, who, by the way, was a prophet, through Moses, who was a prophet, in Israel, who were a prophetic people. You say a prophetic people, Brother Tim? Yes, they would not have even been in existence 
Had God not given a promise to their father Abraham, I'm going to make thy seed as the sands of the seashore. So even though generations had passed, Brother Sam, and even perhaps hundreds of years had gone by, there were a people on the earth in Egypt's bondage who were only there because God had given Abraham a promise and it had materialized physically in a family. And here they are. He had already told Abraham, thy seed shall sojourn in a strange land for 400 years. And afterwards, I will deliver them out with a mighty hand. So here they are down in Egypt's bondage after however many 400 or so years. Amen. And God raises up a man, amen, by the name of Moses, whose mother told him, you're going to be the deliverer. You've got a special birth. You've been preserved. You know, all these things happen, and I know you are Moses, and I know you are the fulfillment, I should say, of God's promised word to Israel. But you know what? Moses' mama couldn't make him the deliverer. And Moses couldn't make himself the deliverer. Even though he was God's chosen, ordained, and elected vessel, it took a divinely appointed, amen, exchange, if you will, or experience on the backside of the desert after Moses had failed in all of his efforts to be what his mama had told him he ought to be. And a few of us have been there. We tried to do things, but if it's before God's time, it simply will not work. But when God's time arrives, he will bring you into it. You won't have to push any doors open. You won't have to force anything. God, amen, actually had to snatch Moses away from the lifestyle he had determined to live because of the failures he had made of himself trying to make something happen. But God said, I have heard the cries of my people and I am come down to deliver them. And Moses went down there to preach an Exodus message. What was his Exodus message? You never were Egyptians. You never were slaves. You've always been God's people. And now it's time for God to take you back. Now it's time for God to take you back where you belong. Back where you belonged all along. You know, I tell people, if you're going into your Canaan land, if you're going into salvation, into the baptism of the Holy Ghost, into your healing, into restored joy, peace, whatever it is, you're not taking anything from the devil that ever belonged to him. You're taking yours back. But you got to have enough confidence that it is yours because the Word of God says so to have the faith to run every bluffer and every squatter off of God's promise and say, Satan, this has been mine all along. And walk into it. So that's what Moses did. Amen. His message was an interpretation of God's promise to Abraham. And then Joshua and Caleb became the interpretation of Moses' message. Because after Moses was taken off the scene, after Moses was no longer in the picture, Joshua and Caleb kept right on. Amen. They, listen to me tonight, friend, they were the greatest vindication of Moses' message. Yes, a pillar of fire hung in the sky one day. Yes, God brought water from the rock. Yes, God divided the waters of the Red Sea. Amen. But God raised up a people, amen, who went over and conquered the Canaan land and repossessed it and drove every squatter off of it. They were the translation, if you will. They were the fulfillment of what was in the back part of God's mind when he spoke to Abraham. 
Now, there's got to be a people on the earth today, amen, who are going to believe a message that came from the mind of God, amen, and they are going to walk into the very fulfillment of the things that God foreordained to do before there was a world. And I happen to believe I'm standing among some of them tonight. Amen. So, you know, the blowing of trumpets and the shout. Now, as I said, sound is energy. Sound is actually vibrations moving through the airways, striking the eardrum, amen, which you interpret the, that to be words and thoughts. But sound, amen, is, is, is more powerful many times than we realize. And in the, in the, um, in the field that I work in, in my, in my occupation, we sell these machines that, that make a lot of noise sometimes. And they're all different frequencies, but a machine running at a certain frequency can actually crumble concrete. Concrete can be crumbled by noise going on long enough, amen, because it's, a, it's an energy, it's a sound, it's actually a vibration, amen, and it creates or it produces an effect. It produces a result, amen. Now, you're all familiar with this. How many of you, ever know, or how many of you know what a dog whistle is? You blow a dog whistle, your ears can't hear it, but the dog's ears can. It's on a pitch or a frequency that is uh, uh, undetectable by your eardrum, but a dog's ear can hear that. Now, if you have trained your dog, amen, you're trained your pet, that when that whistle blows, it's supper time, it's feeding time, it's time to come in and, and re- replenish your energy, amen. When your dog hears that whistle, amen, it generates a reaction. He begins to salivate. Amen. His digestive system kicks into action. Often he'll leave whatever else he was doing and find the water, the watering bowl or the food bowl. Amen. Now, how much more? Amen. When the seventh angel's message sounded, amen, to a bride, it was a familiar sound. It was a sound that your ears were tuned to. Why? Because you've heard it before. You're from the mind of God. Amen. Where were you when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy? So that sound produces a certain reaction. And others go, I didn't hear anything. Others say, well, you know, that's just his idea. Well, that's just his thoughts. Or that. But to you, it was home-going time. It was rapture time. It was translation time. It was time. Amen. That sound had an effect on your life that even you, you just had, to, you just had to, to follow it. Amen. Oh, it's so wonderful to see. Amen. Ezekiel 37, the angel of the Lord said, Son of man, can these bones live again? He said, Thou knowest, Lord. He said, Prophesy. These aren't just any bones. These bones were once together as a living army. God's chosen people. But you've got to prophesy. And when the sound of that prophecy strikes those bones, it's going to bring about a reunion. It didn't put one rib bone or some other rib bone and one leg bone or some other ankle bone or some other thigh bone or some neck bone or somebody else's backbone. It brought the body back to its original order. 
I don't care how far that bone had to travel to be rejoined to its original bone. It brought that body back into its original order because there was nothing wrong with it in the first place. It had been divided by Satan. It had been conquered. It had been strewn about. But, friend, God will bring back and peace back everything that he has ordained into your life. And when it's back together, it'll be better than before. But it took Ezekiel speaking it. Then the Spirit of God moved on it. And it brought it back, and then it rose up as a mighty army and went back and did everything it did before. Amen? So, again, I'm, I'm bouncing around a little bit here, but the Holy Spirit is God's sole or exclusive interpreter. Even Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood, he was standing there. In the body of flesh. And said, Peter, flesh and blood didn't, didn't tell you this. Flesh and blood did not reveal this. But my Father, which is in heaven. The agency of the Holy Spirit is what quickened this truth in Peter's heart. Even before he went to Pentecost. But it held him there under Jesus' ministry and sent him to Pentecost. Because he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So let me just say this tonight. There's a unique quality within every son and daughter of God to obey the word of God. No matter how much they understand it or can make sense of it or even like it. It's predestinated into you to obey the voice of God. So Peter went in there with 119 other people and waited until. Amen. So it, 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 is, it is God's interpreter it takes God's word and makes it live in people amen do you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight some wonder do I have it brother Tim I maybe I didn't shout maybe I didn't dance maybe I didn't speak with tongues well let me let me ask you does God's word live itself through you only the Holy Spirit will do that now you can try and you can strain and you can try to produce sheep's wool but you won't do it, amen. But when the Holy Spirit lives in you, it will bear the fruits of the Spirit right out of your life. And then you just keep replenishing yourself with the Word of God and live in the Spirit and study the Word of God and pray and seek the Lord daily. It's unavoidable. Amen. So on the, I've, I've given you a few illustrations, but on the, on the day of Pentecost, and I, sometimes I feel like I take a lot of time when I do this, but it, I do believe it's important to be established in the scriptures. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2. Don't let me worry, I've got to take my coat off. Because a lot of people believe, you know, that uh, Pentecost or the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I say people, I'm talking about the religion or Christendom. You know, they believe the miracle of tongues was... That people were speaking in an unknown tongue. But let's, let's study Acts 2 a little, little more closely tonight. Because we're talking about translation. Or taking something that would otherwise be foreign. And making it a, a revelation. Making it known. Making it revealed. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord. In one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house 
where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men. Remember the Feast of Pentecost had people coming in from all over. There was only 120 in that upper room obeying what Jesus had commanded them to do. But now all around them were these Jews who for however many generations had looked for a Messiah, looked at all these promises in the Word of God, heard the Scriptures read, believed the Scriptures, and they're here in Jerusalem. And then this group of 120, you know, heretics come staggering out of the upper room. Verse 5, there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. Are you reading this with me? They were confounded because that every man spoke in tongues. Did I read that right? Let's read that again. They were confounded because every man spoke in tongues. Did I read that right? I did not read that right. They were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. So the miracle wasn't that something was being spoke that was incomprehensible. Something was being said that everyone understood. Now, I'm going to take a shot here for a moment. What happens when ministries rise up that turn everything within the Word of God that is revealed in simplicity back into something mysterious? Oh, Brother Tim, you should have been there. You should have heard it. Oh, it was so deep. My head was spitting. Was God in that? Because this miracle, every man heard in his own language. It, God was speaking and God was giving hearing. It's wonderful. It's a key to the scripture. To me, it's a key. And they were all amazed and marveled and saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Going down to verse 11, it says, We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. They were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. So you had a very mixed multitude of people. Some were astounded and amazed and knew something supernatural is happening here, even though it's unprecedented and we don't know what it is. Others were mocking, saying, Well, they're just, you know, they're just drunk. But Peter, now here's a man who only days before couldn't say anything without Jesus having to rebuke him. Get behind me, Satan. You know, or, you know, and, and on and on. It seemed like everything Peter ever did or said, Jesus had to go back and correct. But today was a different day. Because today the Holy Spirit had come back. On Peter's life to quicken him. Amen. God's stamp of approval was placed on Peter. 
And now it's not just Peter speaking out of his own, you know, zeal or enthusiasm, but it's actually the Holy Spirit now making Peter, amen, the fulfillment of prophecy and giving him boldness to recognize what's actually taking place. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he begins to quote, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I shall show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what, what the Holy Spirit did in Peter was brought translation of what Joel had said hundreds of years ago. Only days ago, Peter would have faced that criticism and said, well, you know, you know I'm, I'm really sorry. We just got a little carried away. We got enthused and, and, and really we'll just go back. We'll just crawl back in our hole and wait on Jesus to return. But now it wasn't Peter speaking. It was the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter and said, we're not backing up. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not ashamed. But this is that. You've all read it. You've all heard it. You've all looked at Joel's prophecy, wondering when's it going to come to pass. This is that prophecy. There is a people on the earth today who is not waiting for the return of a man, but their word has come upon them, amen, and the Holy Spirit has quickened them to be the very fulfillment of God's revealed word in this hour. Justification produced justification. Sanctification produced sanctification. The message of the restoration of the gifts produced spirit-filled lives. How about a rapture message? How about a message that says you are the pure, virtuous, sinless, spotless bride of Jesus Christ? You never did it in the first place. That's not just an idea. That's the very power of God spoken through his word. And our lives say Amen. Amen. Your life is the amen. Your life becomes the interpretation or the translation of that prophecy. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourselves also know. And he goes right on down, tying it just, just boom, 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 boom. Quoting David, all of these things, see, just bringing those scriptures into the context of their lives. This, friend, is the blessing of Pentecost. This is the blessing of Pentecost. And this is, you can have a Pentecostal experience today. And it can bring emotions. It, can, it, it, it will definitely stimulate you. You cannot charge something with electricity and not know it's live. And when God's power charges a life, it has a vibrant power and effect amen, that is experienced and felt by others. 
And they know, man, that man, that woman there, they done got a hold of something that I need. I either need it or I need to get away from it. Amen. Because it's real. It's a power. Amen. It's, I, I sing these old songs, but it's true. It's the old time Holy Spirit. And the devil won't come near it. That's the reason some people fear it. But it's good enough for me. Amen. So it produced the interpretation of Joel's prophecy. It produced the fulfillment of Jesus' promise. You know, those men probably thought they had power when they cast out devils and healed the sick and raised the, the lame and the blind and the halt and the dead. But Jesus said, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Power for the word to live in you to make you the continuation of the prophecy. Not just looking back and adoring what God once did, but God doing through you the same things. The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. You become the very expression of the fulfillment of the purpose of why he died and was buried and was resurrected and ascended again. Amen? That brings a, that brings a, real, that brings a real translation. Brother uh, Jeremy, were you able to get some of those things? All right, let's, let's, um, let's move through this. I'm not used to having this, but it's really nice. I like it. Notice the harmony of the Father and the Son. Jesus never did anything until it was first shown him by the Father, John 5, 19. This harmony is now to exist between the groom and his bride. He shows her his word of life. She receives it. She never doubts it. See, that's the proof that you are his bride. Therefore, nothing can harm her, not even death. For if the seed be planted, the water will raise it up again. Here is the secret of this. The word is in the bride as it was in Mary. How did the word enter Mary? She believed an angel's message. She believed the messenger that God sent her. And it produced the very life of Christ within her. Here is the secret of this. The word is in the bride as it was in Mary. And the bride has the mind of Christ. Ultimate intimacy. For she knows what he wants done with the word. So in other words... Her, she becomes the translation or the interpretation, if you will, of that word lived through her life. She performs the command of the word in his name, for she has, thus saith the Lord. Now that's powerful. Because I'll tell you what I'm seeing in that is not that she just has, thus saith the Lord. But she is, thus saith the Lord. Because Peter didn't just quote Joel's prophecy. He tied a lot of prophecies together because it was a magnification of the meaning or the intent of what Joel prophesied. Joel just prophesied a few paragraphs. But look at Peter's life. Look what he lived. We have chapters and books dedicated to what was fulfilled 
when the prophecy was translated into his life. And the world would not contain all the books that could be written of what the life of Christ has done in the members of his body. Amen. As we become the interpretation of that. Can we move to the next one, brother? Yes. Then the word is quickened by the spirit and it comes to pass. Like a seed that is planted and watered, it comes to full harvest serving its purpose. Those in the bride do only his will. No one can make them do otherwise. They have thus, saith the Lord, or they keep still. They know that it has to be God in them doing the works, fulfilling his own word. Now, this is something I really love. He did not complete all his work while in his earthly ministry. So now he works in and through the bride. She knows that. Oh my. Nobody else may know it, but she knows it. She knows that for it was not yet time for him to do certain things that he must now do. But he will now fulfill through the bride the work which he left for this specific time. Amen. So the next one deals with something. We read in Hebrews 11, by faith, Enoch was translated. Now, translation has a number of meanings, one of which is conversion, to be converted from one thing to another. But here's, here's another definition of translation that I really like myself, and it's called translational motion. There are various types of motion that a body can undergo in a period of time, like Translational motion, rotational motion, periodic motion, and non-periodic motion. Now, I don't know what most of those are, but I'm looking at translational motion. And that is a motion in which all the points of a body moving uniformly in a single direction is called translational motion. When an object undergoes translational motion, there is no change in its orientation. In this motion, all the particles, and I believe that's some of the smallest things, amen, they're smaller than atoms, all the particles of the object move parallel to each other. So in other words, it brings this body, which is comprised of all of these moving parts and pieces. Think of Hickory Bible Tabernacle. And you are one part of that church. Some are mothers, some are uh, husbands, some are uh, children, some, you know, some are uh, builders, some are bankers. Some, you know, each of you have a unique calling, unique placing, unique gifts, talents, and abilities, but you form a body. And, you know, uh, they say this happens in a robot. They call uh, a brother who, who I know who used to work for Michelin said they had robots and said when the robot, which was, uh, carrying a tire or carrying product or something across the floor of the factory or the plant, when the robot would move from one point to another, it was called translation because it was moving. And within that robot or within that vehicle are all these moving parts and pieces. You've got gears and belts and pulleys and whatever else, and they're turning all kinds of different directions. But what you see is one thing moving in a very definite direction. You don't see all the internal workings. You just see something moving from one place to another. 
And the Bible says they were all in one place and in one accord. And the Holy Spirit dropped a translation into that body to begin a journey from earth back to glory. From Satan's Eden back to Adam's Eden to God's Eden. We are on a journey tonight, amen. And to the world, you know, they see the pieces. Oh, there's, there's Brother Sam, he goes to one church. There's Brother Tim, he goes to another church. And, you know, this brother's doing that. And, and Brother Barry, he's working in one area of the world. And, and this brother's working in another area of the world. And one's doing books and one's doing CDs and all these different things. But translation is taking place because the Holy Spirit is choreographing all of that motion to take a bride from earth back to heaven. And the mind of Christ is achieving, hallelujah, a translation, amen. While it may look scattered and chaotic to the world, amen, if you could be in the body, if you could be a part of that body, if you could be under the mindset of the Holy Spirit, you would know, amen, there is no dissonance. There is no chaos. There is no division because God is orchestrating every bit of it, and it's all working together to bring glory to him. Oh, my. Now I could preach a message because Balaam looked at, a, at, at Israel and said, oh, they're lost. Let's just curse them. But God was looking at Israel through the blood. And God said, well, they're, they're heading somewhere. And I'm their atonement. I'm their covering. I'm their grace. I'm their mercy. I'm their sacrifice. I'm taking them where they're going. So who are you to speak against it? It may look like they're even pulling apart at times. But they're not. God even dispersed his own disciples to spread the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world. Amen. Was it, uh, you know, you see the early disciples somewhat different directions, almost like a little bit of tension arose to get a little distance between them, and then they just went and blazed the fields to the glory of God. Amen. I love it. Translation all the parts are moving in the same direction from one place to another. Lord, help us. Is there, did I have another, or was that all, brother? The book, yes, the book of Revelation has more symbols in it than all the rest of the books of the Bible. It has more symbols because it is a book of prophecy. Remember, this is a, and I didn't go to it tonight. Maybe I should. Just hold that there, if you will, for a moment, Brother Jeremy. And I, I really appreciate your help. Jeremiah, uh, Deuteronomy, hold on a minute. That's not, that's not the one I wanted. It's Numbers, Numbers 12, Numbers 12, 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman who he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us, and the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men of the earth which were on the face of the earth, and the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation, and they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood it and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. 
They both came forth, and he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My, Moses, my servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house with him. Will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches? And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. God chose the office and ministry of a prophet to be the direct link between God and his people. But what this prophet is telling us here in the revelation of Jesus Christ is it's a prophetic book, the book of Revelations. This book is not meant for everybody. There's nobody can understand it hardly. This book is made for a certain class of people. Over on in Deuteronomy, we read it tonight. It says the hidden things belong to the Lord. That is right. And he reveals to us, his children, the hidden things. So I, I, I want to say this tonight. Like, like I said, it, it, it's, it's only a mystery to those who are not called up into it. It's only a mystery. It's only, you know, it, it only baffles those looking on. Those who are in it don't even have to understand it entirely, but they very much believe it because they've been called up, they've been swept up into it. So I, it, we're not living in the hour of mysteries, but we're living in the hour of revealing. We are living in the hour where God has not only impregnated the bride with his word, but he has joined himself to her in relationship to reveal his word and to remove all the secrecy and the mystery and the things that have enshrouded the, the most precious and powerful parts of the scriptures. Those truths were withheld until this day. The prophet of God said Satan, God wouldn't let Satan look on it and wouldn't, wouldn't reveal it prematurely because Satan would have done great damage with it. But in reference to the seals and the thunders and the revealing of the word, it was, it was reserved to a certain time and hour, an appointed time and an appointed people. And we are that people. And it's, it's now God has brought Christ, uh, excuse me, uh, God has brought the bride She's been actually put out of the church ages, if you will, because God was once in those ages calling out. Out of each age was, was a portion of the bride called until the Laodicean age. We see Christ standing outside of the church, knocking on the door. But he's never going back into that door. Only a bride will be brought out into Christ, into an intimate fellowship with him amen which will result in rapture will we result in translation where one day we will be in such a harmony with God and his word and the Holy Spirit and with one another that we like Enoch will just disappear 
He was not and could not be found, for he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen? So, translation, the revealing of the mystery of the Word of God. And as I say tonight, Lord, let my life be a good translation. Let my life be this word lit. And so, you know, the thing about it is, uh, and I didn't prepare notes on this, so I'm kind of out there now. But we've got this Holy Bible, the King James Version. And how many versions have been reprinted since to try to take this old English into today's ling lingo or you know what I'm saying? But, you know, with most of those translations, there's a little bit of a loss of this actual meaning and context. But you know what? This may sound like a powerful statement, but one day this will be ashes. These Bibles, these tablets, all these physical things will be gone. But what it produced will be taken. And you are this word interpreted to the world today. The Holy Spirit now lives through you today in 2023. And if Paul were living today, and if Irenaeus were living today, and if every other believer who through the ages was a spirit-filled Christian lived today, they would do exactly what you're doing with the Spirit living in you. It brings the Word into its proper context. We don't have to go rewrite the Bible. We don't need to update the message. The, the Word of God is living in a people. The same Word with the same power producing the same results regardless of what changes around us. And if a Bible were rewritten today, it would be the acts of the Holy Spirit in your life. What the Holy Spirit is doing in you would be what the Bible would speak of. So, Lord, let me be a good translation. Don't let me be in any way a deviation from it. Or don't mix anything in my own idea or my own this or that. No, Lord, let it be all you and none of me. Because that's going to evaporate or disappear one day. We're going to be translated in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Called up together with the Lord. With, with the saints of ages past to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. God bless you tonight. Amen. Let's stand if you will. Amen. Amen. As the musicians come, let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I believe I'm gathered tonight with a people that you purchased with your blood and you filled with your spirit, Lord, and all of these great and powerful promises of your word Lord are for us and so as we come to the conclusion of this service tonight Lord I, I, I pray if there would be within any of the hearts of your children tonight a desire Lord to be more like you Lord to be freed Lord of any influence or anything the enemy might have done Lord to, to turn them aside or to dampen them Lord or uh, to keep them from being, Lord, a, a fully yielded vessel for you to reveal yourself to and through. Lord, may the Holy Spirit come, Lord Jesus, minister, Lord, to that 
that person. And make us mindful, Lord. You chose us. You picked us up. You purposed and ordained this to be. And Lord, you will finish it. You'll complete it. Lord, we want to be yielded vessels tonight. We want to be surrendered. Lord, we, we want to be so emptied out of ourselves and so fully yielded to you that you can do all that you desire to do through us, Lord, as individuals and as a body. Grant it tonight, Father. We give you the praise and the glory as we just take a few moments here, Lord, to worship you. May you come among us tonight, Lord. If there be one sick in need of a touch of healing, Lord, if there be one discouraged, Lord, one just despondent, Lord, or, or looking for the next junction or the next way, Lord, direction from the Holy Spirit, may you grant it now, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we ask it. Be like you. Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh God. Make it Are the potter you are the
can we sing in this church? your bride, Lord. song I love him because he first loved me and what you realize is you wouldn't love him had he not loved you first so your desires your yearning to be like him even though you may fail and falter there's a desire that he placed there that's reflecting his own desire that is going to draw you right into the very expression of him his very image so we can have that confidence tonight. I, I tell people often, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in the clay, but I have utmost confidence in the potter. And he chose me, and he's making me into what he would have me to be. And he won't stop till he's finished. And when he's done, it'll be perfect. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight. Lord, it does my heart good to see, Lord, people who have health and strength to come to the house of the Lord and, and even greater than that something drawing them Lord and I know others Father could not be here tonight and I pray for them also Lord Jesus but it's been wonderful to be in your presence here Lord and hear your word and I, I pray tonight that what was shared Lord would Lord fall on good ground and strengthen them Lord and enrich their lives as they walk the pathway that Lord, you would guide them step by step and bring us to that place, Father God, that, that great translation, Lord, where we're all moving and just like the day of Pentecost, Lord, in perfect unison, Lord, where you're speaking, Lord, through our lives and it is having, Lord, a transformative effect on others around us. Grant it, Lord, it's not just for us, it's for others. It truly is, Lord. And Father, I, I, I believe in my heart I, as, a, as one of your children, Lord. All may not sing. All may not preach. All may not, Lord, have these gifts that seemingly get so much recognition and attention. But all have a part of you, Lord. That when you, when it's yielded to you, Lord. It has a benefit to others. So I pray, Lord, you will. I know that you've begun the work, Lord. I know that what started, Lord, even in the Garden of Eden, will one day be finished and we'll be back there, Lord, together 
But I, I pray that you'll encourage the hearts of your children and whatever you've called them to, whatever purpose you have ordained for their lives, lead them into that, Lord, that you can express your desires fully and completely through them, Lord, and that you would give them a glimpse, Lord, of what you're doing, Lord, that it, it so transcends what we do in our own meager efforts, Lord. We, we do give you thanks and praise for that tonight, and Lord, we lift up the needs for healing, for strength, Lord, for restoration. Lord, you know, among the body and, and those present, those and, and those looking on or listening in, Lord, you know those needs. And we know the Holy Spirit, Lord, can go right there, even to a bedside, Lord, and, and, and raise up and resurrect. So we pray, Father, your power will express itself in healing, restoration, salvation, and strength. Lord, as I prayed earlier, Restore your servant, Lord, Brother Barry and Sister Becky. Bring them back, Lord, to the fold here, to this, this flock, Lord, and this, this, um, this lighthouse, Lord, that you have established here. And, Lord, all over the world is being impacted by what you're doing from this place. Lord, may you bring glory and honor to yourself through their yielded efforts. Lord, and hasten the day when we can all gather Lord, in eternity, never to part again. Grant it, Father, as we go from the building tonight, may you keep each one safe. May your presence go with us, Lord. We thank you for it, and we ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed this evening. In my life.